0: This is the Spark Podcast, a bi-weekly show where we explore the creativity, technology, and business of CG. I'm your host, Marina Antunes. Cynthia Angelini's career in the animation industry spans over 25 years, and some of the industry's most recognizable names, including Sony Imageworks, Walt Disney Animation, Warner Brothers, and Illumination Entertainment. In 2010, she had an idea for a short film, and Mila was born. For many years, the project was a volunteer-based passion project, featuring 350 artists spread over 35 countries. Now, Mila's journey has landed the film and Cinzia at Cinesite, where work on the project is nearing completion. I recently had a chance to speak with Cynthia about her career, her passion project, and how she stayed motivated through the film's ten-year production schedule. I kind of wanted to start by um, talking a little bit about your your background and your history with animation, and I'm curious if um, if you always wanted to be a filmmaker.
1: Uh, oh my god, I don't know. I think I, I always, at least since I remember, you know, like being a. a a uh, kid uh, wanted to be involved with something that had to do with art from a young age. Uh, filmmaking came later, like when I was uh, just 18 after um, high school. Uh, I enrolled into a graphic design school, like regular hours. They, you know, like it was like a course of three years, and then just by chance. That summer, um, I went to dinner with my mom to a friend of hers that was taking a class uh, for live action um, at, um, at uh, a school um, run by the, the city uh, in Milano, where I was born. And, um, and, and she said, look, you know, you love to draw. They have a, an evening class for animation. And I said, oh, cool. Well, maybe I can do two schools. <laughs> at the same time. And that's what I did. I did two schools, morning and evening, at the same time, finished them both. But, uh, you know, it was three years. But after the few months, I was already completely in love with animation. And I finished graphic design. It was great to have. But I was totally into animation. So I guess from when when I was, about 19, something like that.
0: And and so how, you know, so you graduate university you have this degree how do you even start where do you even start looking for for work and animation in, in Italy of all places <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah well and at the time you know when I graduated it was 93 so you know it was there was no computer animation it was just traditional of course and uh, and and unfortunately the animation in Italy now is a bit better but at the time it was just commercials and stuff like that so kind of Medium low quality type of stuff. Um, so I just started um, looking around uh, uh, in Milano. There were like uh, several little studios doing this type of work, so I was working freelance, really making nothing at the time, like ridiculous amount of money, but I was just happy to being into you know starting to that industry, even, even if it's small. Um, it was very hard as a woman because right away I knew I wanted to animate, not doing cleanup. And uh, it was so (laughs) uh, bad that uh, in terms of having a chance as a woman, that once I remember I went to interview to uh, this kind of, you know, at the time at least, he had his own studio, kind of known guy. And he looked at my portfolio and he said, because it was, of course, some cleanup to get some job, but also some animation. And he said, uh, so, but but what do you want to do? I said, well, I want to animate But you're a woman. You can only do cleanup or coloring. (laughs) It was great. I mean, I felt like, what? And this was 93, not like, uh, you know, 1920 or something. So uh, that was kind of a kick in my face to realize that, oh, really? Okay, well, we see about that. You know, uh, and so I stayed in Italy one year, but I knew I wanted to really uh, work at the very high level and feature films and so on. So I had a chance in 94 to go to Amblimation, the studio that um, uh, uh, Spielberg had at the time, and I worked. I had a chance to work on Bolto.
0: Okay, so let's talk a little bit about this, this thing about being a woman in animation, because I think that this is really fascinating, that you bring that up. And like you mentioned, this is not even it's not like it was even, you know, a long time ago, we're talking, you know, 20 years of that. Uh, Has that changed? Like in your experience, you've been in the industry for a long time. Do you think that the doors are slowly opening a little bit more for women in roles other than
1: just, you know, cleanup and, and, and junior roles? Yeah, well, I mean, definitely in the last uh, few years more, but, you know, already going from Italy that, you know, I love, great country, but in that sense, they're a little bit more, um, you know, behind. They're catching up now, and in general, Europe, but um, at the time, you know, going from that to England was already a step forward, and going from that to then uh, Germany briefly one year and then the US where I joined the DreamWorks to jo- to work on Prince of Egypt. Just the fact that DreamWorks hired a woman, you know, to me, to my point of view, like if you think, you know, I joined in 97 DreamWorks. So like we're talking about four years earlier, this guy tells me this and now DreamWorks is hiring me, you know, to me, it was already such a step forward in that direction, in the good direction. And, um, of course, during the years, you know, um, probably if I was a man, I would have given the chance earlier than I I did. Mm -hmm. But uh, uh, I met incredible people that uh, I was very fortunate that allowed me to now being a director at CineSight. That is incredible and great. But for sure, uh, as a woman, you need to work double and be double great to get the same chance that your male colleague. It's very unfortunate. Now, you know, because of the movements that, uh, that um, started um, recently, things are, are getting better, but we are definitely not there yet fully. I want to
0: come back to that thought in a minute, but before we move there, I, I, I wanted to touch base on something else that you sort of bring up, Um, very kind of matter-of-factly, and it's something that I find really interesting, and it's this idea that uh, you know, you've moved around over the course of your career to so many different places and searched for opportunity. And, and I'm curious if you think that that's um, like this sort of nomadic lifestyle of the artist. Is that something that you think you were prepared for uh, when you started? Was that something that you thought was going to happen, or h- how have you embraced that? How is that? I mean, I assume that that's got to be hard.
1: Yeah. Well, I didn't really think about it when I went into. Oh, I love animation you know, processing everything. But I was so, in, I mean, still am, but, you know, at the time I was so in love with animation. that they, they, they could have told me you have to work uh, of, on the moon with like, uh, you know, an helmet. I would have done it, you know, I didn't care. So, and actually to me, I was looking at moving as a great opportunity to have life experiences. You know, you're single, you're young. So... Uh, and that at the time was kind of a must if you wanted to work at the very high quality, you know. Nowadays animation is way more global than back in, in ninety three, ninety seven, you know, where the mecca of animation was Los Angeles. And that's what brought me to DreamWorks and wanting to work at that level. Um of course it was a, a must to move. I think for the young people starting now, that's always a great opportunity just because of that I think it just um, enriches you as a, as a person to just uh, step outside your you know comfort zone and your world. Uh, but there are more chances to, if somebody doesn't want to do it now, it's more global with, you know, we've seen working remotely, something that we can all do more than, you know, definitely 20 years ago. So there is more of an opportunity for people that don't want to do that, to actually still have a career in animation and, uh, and, and staying you know home or close to home
0: mm-hmm. so. I, I think it's fascinating because with all the traveling that you've done and uh, the, the, the films that like Mila and and the the film that you're making and and just the way that you you've spoken in the past about um, cultural diversity and how animation can be more than just entertainment and I kind of think that perhaps some of those travels and the people and experiences that you've encountered over your life probably play a little bit into that. Is it, would that be a good assumption?
1: Uh, that, yeah, perfect. Uh, and you know, and uh, you know, if you if you don't make experiences, um, it's gonna be hard uh, for you to be more creative, to think out of the box. You know, if, if you're always like protected into your little you know shell box that you where you feel comfortable. Uh, rarely, I think it will uh, it will push you to think in a different way that the people surrounding you, and uh, and it's important for a person that wants to create to always be ready to go 360. You know, so it's very important to me uh, to to travel to to see other cultures, to learn, but not just from a book, but just really live the experience of being somewhere else and just having to reshuffle your life and also your thinking mode you know like it's uh, it's different depending on where you go which culture and so on and so you know let's talk a
0: little bit about Mila because this is such an interesting project that you've been working on for a number of years and I'm curious how did the story develop to begin with like what was the initial concept for you or what experience sort of triggered the idea for the story
1: so actually the experience that triggered triggered it, uh, it's uh, my mom's experience as a little girl during World War II. And it's something that really stayed with her, like the fact that uh, when, you know, the sound of uh, the, the bombers would arrive and people would start screaming around and chaos was uh, uh, starting, she would never be able to, to move, do anything, just freeze, like be completely like... And it's a story that she told me over and over as I was growing up, and when I came to being ready to think about, okay, you know, I worked in the industry for close to, you know, at the time I guess eighteen years or something. Um, I want to do my own film. Um, I had three stories, but when I was pitching it to f- friends and families, Mila was uh, really the, the one that everybody was uh, captivated by. So, um, and I felt very close to it and it was very personal and I think it's the um, the reason why I was a- actually able to sustain <laughs> this long marathon for like uh, 10 years before uh, seeing the results. Uh, we are wrapping it up now at Cinesat Vancouver and um, if it was uh, if the story was something else um, you know, fun and whatever but not really personal I don't think I would have had the strength to go through many obstacles, difficulties and and challenges throughout the years.
0: And I mean, let's talk a little bit about that, because I, there's a couple of things here that I think are really interesting, because a lot of filmmakers, when they're making their first film, um, you know, sometimes you have to cut corners in order to get your project made, but y- you've always been very... Um, uh, sure of the vision that you had and that it had to be a certain way and you were willing to wait to make it work. And I think that that's so fascinating. And and the approach that you decided to take this collaborative, very collaborative approach, how did that, how did that even start? Like, where did you get the idea that this would be a good way to, to, to make the project?
1: Yeah. Uh- <laughs> Uh, it, it just started, I didn't really plan it. It just happened and I embraced it. So, you know, when I pitched it to colleagues and friends uh, and everybody was like, oh, great. Yeah. Um, I then had a a gap, you know, I had my second kid, so I waited. And then, uh, after a year or so, people started emailing me like, so are you, are we going to work on Mila? What's happening? I say, yeah, great. But I have zero, really no budget guys. How are we doing it? And they just volunteered on their own, you know, the first people around me and, you know, including Andrew M's, the producer and some of the initial supervisors. And they said, we're just going to help for free. I said, okay, you guys are crazy, but okay, let's start. <laughs> and, uh, and then, you know, word of mouth, other people, people were, uh, you know, sometimes uh, we had a couple of times questions about, Hey, but you know, you're not paying the artists or whatever, but no, I mean, we, we are out there. We've always been very clear on, like, this is a volunteer project. If you come on board, we can give you, hopefully, a great experience, uh, learning from great people, you know, supervisors that have many years of experience in big studios. You will be able to use uh, uh, your, uh, the work you create uh, on Mila prior to the release of the film, Password Protected. But all of these things really attracted people uh, to us. Um so we always been like uh, uh, really like a very open relationship of like you give us work for free, but we give so much back. And uh, all, both Andrea and I, other team members always helped as much as we could, um, even to the point where we ended in like finding jobs for people, you know, connections is a big network. If you think, you know, more than 350 people on this project it's it's a big family and and if you you have that sense of uh, support that uh, you know then you you really um would be surprised on how many great things can happen uh, within the, the team and and also finding other connections and and and, and jobs actually so um this was always uh, you know our approach as, as as we saw that the team was growing and growing and growing <laughs> Uh, to the point where we are in we 35 countries around the world. Um, and it, it just worked out, you know. Uh, of course, with a, a thousands of obstacles that we were waking up in the morning thinking, okay, how do we solve this? Um, but we all grew with the project. I learned so much. I would not be where I am now if I didn't have Mila. Just because you go through the whole pipeline with all the gazillion issues, challenges that you can have in the real production, I mean, real in the sense that has a proper budget. Um, and we went through it with no budget, so it's even more difficult. Oh, I
0: can only imagine. I mean, you, you know, you, you talk about pipeline and the, the thing that kind of goes through my mind is, okay, so no, not only do you not have a budget, but you have, you know, 350 artists, people come and go over the years. The project changes yeah. a little bit with every new person that comes on board. I mean, I, the management of it is just mind boggling to me. I don't even know how you would go around that.
1: No, yeah, I know. And uh, Andrew and her team did a great job. And uh, we were always, you know, especially because you're volunteering, sometimes you're busy with work. So you, mm-hmm. you tend as a, you know, people in charge to kind of, uh, um, you know, uh, wear multiple hats. So I mean, that flexibility of, okay, it's not my job, but I'm going to do this to cover for you and vice versa and stuff like that, to just keep it going, you know. And Valerio also, also in Italy with the Pixar cartoon was one of the first people on board. Uh, we we did uh, actually through uh, through Trento, he's in Trento, so through the Trentino Fin Commission and uh, also the Fondazione Casa Rural is like a, a bank, a foundation there. Get some uh, funds that, the, in total, are about—I uh, mean, thinking on top of my head, probably seventy thousand uh, euros altogether. That is, if you think animation is like is nothing. I mean, it's. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, he helped uh, him with uh, buying some computers and stuff, and then um, throughout the years, having some cash to pay for some stuff. But uh, other than that, really, it's all been uh, just. Uh, Incredible sponsors and people coming on board up until, of course, a year ago when CineSide came on board, and that was kind of a, the final uh, push to really bringing bringing the film to completion.
0: I'm curious over the you know the decade that you've been working on the project, how has it changed, if at all? Um you know has the story changed or has the look of it changed like how have i mean you've changed your your <laughs> ten years more of experience and ten yeah. years more knowledge
1: so how how has the project changed over that time yeah it's a it's a great question and uh, it's true because you change definitely as a person uh, but also as an artist because you grow and learn so much you know uh, and um it's uh I w- I've been very lucky, you know, to 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 have encountered like incredible people and like one thing that I always knew I wanted to, even if I was already storyboarding at the time because I started as an animator and then transitioned into storyboarding in two thousand and nine and ten. Um, was to have somebody else storyboard the film because uh, when it's so close to you and personal, it might make sense to you on the page but if somebody else sees it reads it uh, that might not be so clear you know or so so i asked emanuela cozzi uh, that she's a great board artist uh, up at laika uh, at the moment i think uh, and she's incredible and she boarded mila and so between the two of us you know uh, i think we found uh, the right um story through the script and and visually as you know it often happens and and we we locked the story pretty much uh i don't know about 2013 something like that uh 14 maybe so that stayed as the the de-animatic for about six years. So as we were building everything, we, we, you know, slight changes here and there, but nothing that would impact uh, uh, the production because, uh, you know, as you know, redos <laughs> on the production that has a budget are already a nightmare. Imagine us. So I was very, I learned uh, uh, how how much changing something or not thinking it through, um, you know, uh, would impact production. So I'm uh, even when I work now on the film I'm, I'm directing and so, you know, I know how much a change would uh, would cost or you know, the, the studio. So I'm really um, without taking anything away from creativity. You know, if you need a change, you need a change. But really having that sense of uh, being responsible for your team and, and considerate that throughout the years I've seen a little bit of a lack of, you know, in big studios, uh, sometimes, uh, you know, you have so much money, especially in the 19th, 2000 that I've seen like great sequences being thrown out, you know, <laughs> animated and just, it's just crazy. But, um, uh, yeah. So I, I, I mean, I learned definitely, uh, so many things, you know, that, uh, I was really lucky to answer, you know, your question that we were able to lock the story that it is now uh, on the final product early and and be able to stick to it and and still be relevant today and work today.
0: I'm curious because you know you've you've now been at this for a long time and you've been making film uh, a film for a long time and you've learned a lot in the years as you've mentioned and I, I'm curious, you know, as as a creative person um like you sometimes hear about individuals that want to make a project but they don't really know where to start and what would you say to them like what what would be your words of encouragement to kind of get somebody that's thinking about you know maybe doing a film maybe you know starting their own project um what what would you say to them to kind of encourage them to take that leap
1: hmm. <laughs> i'm the wrong person to ask because you <laughs> Usually, you tell people, you know, just start with one or two characters, maybe one location and keep it. So I went completely opposite to that, you know, because we have 10 characters, multiple locations, two different looks for dream and and war. And so, but um, I think the most important thing is to really uh, pick a story that uh, you will believe in in 10 years or 20 or throughout your entire life. If you pick something just for the sake of uh, doing something, you're going to, especially if you approach it from an independent uh, kind of point of view, you will encounter so many obstacles, difficulties, and so on, that you will lose interest. And and not just you, because um, the key thing to attract people is to to believe a thousand percent in your project they will fill it even if it through skype or email or whatever it is it's just they know you believe in it and they they will follow you if you don't have that special connection to your own story it will be very difficult at all levels to make it work so that's the key you know uh element especially if you'd want to do that you know if you have a studio behind with a big budget, I mean it could be different, but if you're just starting and you're it's your own thing with no money or little money, that would be my first and my second um advice is really to have like a producer like I found andrew was incredible to to get to meet her in two thousand and ten you know have like a, a a person that will help you go through uh the more logical stuff, you know, because like, and, and the great thing is like Andrew is an artist as well. So he's awesome. But she has this like great, you know, uh, producer mind that I might not think of something and, and she does, you know. You can't, I think it's hard if you go into something like this on your own and have another, just a group of artists and you, you're doing everything because you're the creator. You need to stay in the creator mind. You can't be... Creator and producer, and everything. I mean, too, if it's a very small project, yes. But for example, me, like 16 minutes of like, you know, a lot of sets, lot of things, uh, different time of days. Uh, so it's uh, 10 characters is very complex. You know, I, I guess it depends on the project.
0: I'm curious if any time along the way that you think. Okay, I need to cut some characters or we need to change this because this is getting too complicated. Did that thought ever cross your mind or were were you always pretty dedicated to your story?
1: I was pretty dedicated and uh, people that know me, they know that I'm very passionate, but I also have a very hard head. (laughs) So... uh, so no, it came. I, I mean, but I am uh, always, always been very open to suggestions, you know. And we did do simplify some stuff. Uh, we were able. We were actually going to simplify even more. And then when Season Aside came on board uh, last uh, last year, then suddenly, to an extent, we we were like, especially with effects, you know. Effects were gonna be very tricky for us to do in a, like a volunteer basis. Um, just because it's it's harder to find uh, some artists, more like animators. There is more more people available around. Uh, there are like many animation um, remote c- um, courses and classes that are um, that are uh, um, teaching a lot of animators. So it's it's different, you know. But effects and some like CF, character effects and those departments. Uh, it was harder to find people so effects was going to be one of those things where we were going to go cheaper even if i didn't want to and then after cinesite came on board that not just uh, they went beyond what i could even have imagined uh that they, they did an incredible job in like really pushing it um to uh to a, an incredible extent you know um so yeah, um, I don't know. I, I remember actually uh, um, uh, one occasion when one of uh, uh, our CG Soup uh, years ago said, Chinza, can we just uh, get rid of a few characters? I think we did get rid of one characters out of 10, but <laughs> not more. <laughs> um, but, yeah, but going back to Cine's you know, the they really did an incredible job. And, and I have to say, Nate, Uh, Barnard, the the VFX super at uh, CineSide Vancouver uh, was incredible because it really um, took Mila under his wing and then really plastered everything and anything. Um, Incredible team
0: and I'm curious how so how did that partnership come about because i mean i I expect that you know after you've put so many years and so much work and you know so many people haven't been involved with the project over the years um i I, I can only assume that it's so near and dear to your heart that there could have been there must have been some trepidation about you know going into like the studio system and you know air quotes and you know maybe losing sight of you know what the project what you had in mind for the project. Did you ever have any fear um, before you sort of signed on with Cinecite that, you know, maybe this isn't the right thing to do? Was that, was that ever a thought that crossed your mind? Uh,
1: Actually, no, because I was at Cinecite already. I knew the people there Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, Dave Rosenbaum, uh, that is the chief creative uh, at uh, Cinecite. Um, Knew about Mila from when we were at Illumination, and so and then introduced it to uh, you know uh, Warren Franklin, Tara Butcher, uh, and everybody at Cinasight, and they they were very clear from the beginning: we don't want to take Mila; we're just here to help. It's your film. How can we help? So it was incredible, and they treated me like uh, any other client were. I had um, uh, weekly reviews with everybody uh, that would show me, you know, what they were doing. I would comment as a director, and uh, it's, it's just incredible. Like, really, what I did today. There was never a single moment where I even felt I wanted to do something different. You know, they were just uh, really incredible. And and I, I think, seeing as I'm not just because I'm working there, but you know, I pitched Mila to so many big studios. Pretty much, you know, everybody except a couple, maybe. But and uh, you know, you get a tap on your shoulder. But nowadays, is 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 it might have been maybe, maybe I don't know, easier because people are starting to look at animation in a different way. But you know, when I started pitching it like ten years ago and so on, you know, a short film in a big studio system about war I mean you get a great awesome but then nothing you know I, I get it I mean but Cinecide is really great because they're like open to any kind of vision you know they're really looking at different films and and they did the same for Mila. Like, you know they were in love with it they didn't really think about oh it's a film about war they just loved the, the concept they loved to do something that was good just as a message You know, um, so, yeah, it worked out and they they were incredible. And, you know, we're wrapping it up now. We're Sound Designs, so we're going to go to festivals in 2021. Oh, that's so exciting. Um, You know, you've been working on this project for a long time and now
0: you're almost there. You're almost at the finish line. It's so close. I'm curious if, you know, over the years you've also kept developing any other projects or has this been kind of like your only – I mean, it's certainly the one that's in production, but I, I expect that you probably have some other some other projects that you've been working on here and there as the years go
1: by. Yeah, uh, yeah, because you know, I'm one of those people that can't just stay and do one thing or two or three, right? <laughs> <Of> <laughs> so, course not your creator. So I don't know what's wrong with me, but no, yeah, I do have, um, a couple of feature films that have been, uh, you know, in the past few years pitching around. And then I pitched one to CineSight, uh, last year that actually they like, and they have on the floor CineSight, uh, you know, we'll see what happens, uh, you know, is uh, right now we development, you know, phase, uh, looking around for possible investors, uh, interested in doing it. But, um, yeah i've you know a few 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 things going on, so it's always good uh, i think as a creator to keep your mind constantly challenged and not just settle on on one thing you know
0: and and so how
1: do you how do you stay you know creatively
0: motivated like what do you like is there stuff that you watch or do you read or do you listen to music like what what sort of gets your juices flowing your creative juices
1: um <laughs> well definitely watching great uh, films and TV shows uh for for sure but also um I think very well when I go for a walk uh or do yoga or just detach do something completely different that gets my mind off everything I'm doing and then it goes back to it kind of uh, rejuvenated and in a different from a different point of view so um I, through Mila, I think because I was doing Mila, I was having two kids uh, that it's a challenge on its own. And I was still in the big studio system in the last 10 years. So it's a lot. So I learned how to multitask. I mean, I think as women, we already like naturally, um, you know, multitaskers. But with Mila going on and having to check on emails uh, uh, at any single moment because people will wake up in all totally different time zones and keeping the wheel going and spinning, you know, it became kind of part of who I am to just multitask and keep things going. So, um, yeah. So,
0: so if you don't have 5,000 things going at once, you don't feel like you're in your right space.
1: Exactly. (laughs) See,
0: I think I think that there are a lot of people that can relate to that. And how do you keep all of that organized in your mind? Is my question. I mean, we all have our own little approaches. I, for as techy as I as I find myself, I, I still find that um, pay, pen and paper is still the best way for me to keep organized. How do you keep organized?
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. I guess uh, I think uh, notes on my phone or uh, vocal notes for ideas that, uh, you know, like, especially after having two kids, you know, that they suck away everything. Like, my memory is going. So (laughs) I was doing better maybe 20 years ago. So, you know, as soon as I have an idea, I need to to record it. Uh, And so I have a bunch of crazy stuff, you know, on my phone, ideas, random stuff that could vary from something new to an idea on the film I'm directing, whatever it is. And then just notes, uh, I guess, on my phone or like pen and paper, like you're saying. But, you know, I think I'm, I'm really fortunate, you know, to having kind of a mindset that um, uh, it's well organized already, uh, kind of on its own without, you know, I, I try to, I think I have a, a good way you have to say to connect the dots and making things, you know, work out and happen and so on. So just just naturally, I guess it's lucky, you know, I have uh, other friends that have more difficulties uh, doing that. And um, yeah, I I think everybody's like really wired in different ways and it's up to you to know yourself and then take advantage of what works for you. I'm
0: curious if you could give uh, yourself, your young self,
1: that mm. you're, you're,
0: you're, you're recently out of college self, 1993 Sinza. <laughs> if you can give yourself, if you could give yourself a piece of advice, knowing what you know now after, you know, 20 some odd years in the industry, what would that piece yeah. of advice be?
1: Uh, oh, that's a great question. Difficult, but I think, um, uh, don't, uh, allow anybody to hold you down because many many times uh, you know in the rooms and and I think it's a little bit how unfortunately society is raising girls instead of boys um, is they always push the boys to go and you know uh, fall down from the skateboard or whatever just do it but, you know go for it and girls are more like protected as a just as a you know, uh, society, we, we, we tend to do that, you know, maybe now less than when I grew up in the seventies, not saying that my parents did that. No, but in general, you know, like you tend to hold yourself back instead of coming forward. And I learned that, you know, through the years. So now I'm I, I'm almost like, like, okay, Chinzia, shut up, just stay there. Um, but when I was starting, you know, I would uh, be kind of, uh, holding myself back like in maybe ideas and thoughts and so on i would say you know just know who you are and and just don't be afraid to um to be a presence in the room something that i took many years to to learn
0: and that was my conversation with cinzia angelini be sure to check out milafilm.com for all of the updates on the film which is due for release next year The Spark Podcast is a production of the Spark Computer Graphics Society. For more about SparkCG and our upcoming events, visit sparkcg.org. We'll be back with another episode of the podcast in two weeks' time.